This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, October 7th. Coming up, we'll hear from the two candidates for Kansas governor about what they feel are the most important issues affecting voters. Plus, the Kansas City Current broke ground on a women's soccer stadium yesterday, set to open its doors in 2024. But first, some headlines. Coyotes have been spotted in multiple suburbs around Kansas City. Fairway issued a report Wednesday afternoon warning residents about several sightings around the city. Officials say there have also been reports of unattended dogs being attacked in backyards. Residents of Roland Park and Overland Park have made similar claims. Emily Griffith, a supervisor with Overland Park Animal Control, says practicing so-called hazing techniques can help deter coyotes if you see them. Making loud noises, clapping your hands, making yourself bigger, things like that to ensure that that coyote does not come any closer. Griffith says it's also important to stay with your pets anytime they're outside. Her department says coyotes become more active in the daytime during the winter months. A new medical testing laboratory opening in Lenexa promises to bring 235 jobs to Johnson County. KCUR's Zach Perez reports. Eurofins Viracor, a clinical and drug development company, unveiled a new 110,000-square-foot facility housing its local operations and corporate headquarters. Company officials say the new facility will allow them to expand testing services in Kansas. Michelle Aldrich, president of clinical diagnostics at Eurofins Viracor, says the jobs will be filled by people with a variety of skills. They're a mix of entry-level jobs all the way to very highly skilled leadership and management. And so it's going to span a huge range. A total of 460 employees will be stationed at the facility. This fall, Democratic Kansas Governor Laura Kelly is facing off against Republican challenger Derek Schmidt, the state's attorney general. At a debate earlier this week in Overland Park, the candidates compared each other to politicians demonized by their respective parties and sparred over transgender rights. Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service covered the debate for us, and he joined me over Zoom to tell me more. During this debate, there were a lot of comparisons to other politicians. What did Kelly and Schmidt say? Uh, Well, uh, Kelly, and she's done this in her uh, political ads as well, uh, she's uh, often comparing um, Derek Schmidt, who's a Republican, with uh, the uh, former governor, Sam Brownback, who was the governor um, right before uh, Governor Kelly, or also there was Jeff Coyer in between, but his administration, she was focusing on uh, the things that she thinks she's fixed since he was governor, like um, fixing education funding that was under constitutionally underfunded during the Brownback era. Um, she thinks uh, she fixed uh, tax and taxes and how much money the state's bringing in to pay for all the social services that the state covers. And uh, she also mentioned uh, uh, the Bank of KDOT, which was um, the Department of Transportation, where, um, you know, during the Brownback area, the state was taking funds from uh, money that was supposed to go to roads and highways, but was being used elsewhere to cover up holes. And she's kind of mentioning she fixed all this. So when she was speaking to Schmidt during the debate yesterday, she asked another question like she did at the debate in Hutch, Hutchinson, Kansas, at the state fair. She asked, do you really think we're not better off than we were four years ago when Brownback was governor, you know, kind of uh, uh, challenging him on that? And uh, yesterday she asked that question a little bit differently. And, I, you know, I asked you at the state fair, uh, were we better off under Brownback than we are now? Knowing what we know now about what tax experiment did to our state, including our schools. Would you veto it if it came across your desk? 
Uh, Schmidt didn't answer that question directly. Instead, he focused on um, he tried to flip the question back to her and focused on his kind of boogeyman for Kansas, which is uh, Democratic President Joe Biden. Um, He keeps trying to compare uh, Laura Kelly to the Biden administration and the rising inflation that the country's seeing and how that's affected uh, Kansas. So he asked her. Does she think Kansas has been better off since Biden was elected two years ago? And of course, she didn't answer that either. So what did the candidates feel were the biggest threats affecting Kansas? Well, Kelly's been kind of laser focused on the state's economy, and she kind of brought up issues that are related to that. Um, The first thing she mentioned was uh, workforce in Kansas. Uh, There's not enough uh, workers to fill all the jobs in Kansas, which is she says she keeps hearing that from people and probably Kansas businesses. Uh, But she also mentioned, um, you know, people who struggle to to like pay the bills, like people who can't afford um, childcare or uh, healthcare, uh, things like that. And then she also mentioned concerns for water. You know, that's a big issue in Western Kansas, the agriculture side of things where they're kind of in a drought at the moment. Not surprisingly, Schmidt was focusing on the national side of things. Um, He mentioned immigration at the Mexican border, which is a lot of uh, uh, Republicans across the country are mentioning this, and he he explained it's not even though you know Kansas doesn't have a border with Mexico. He explained it's not you know it's also a Kansas issue because drugs that were made in Mexico are making their ways into Kansas. So uh, this is what he had to say about that. They will not secure the southern border of the United States, which transforms what was a national border security or immigration issue into a public health and public safety issue for moms and dads and families right here in Johnson County and around this state. And so Schmidt's kind of following a lot of the uh, national Republican concerns about the Mexican border and border security and how that could affect Kansans' everyday life. The candidates also differed in how they would approach transgender student athletes. So what did they say about that? So Schmidt, um, like a lot of, you know, the Kansas Republicans in the state house, had tried to uh, pass a bill that uh, bans transgender girls from playing girls and women's sports. Um, he basically said he would sign that as quickly as possible. Uh, Kelly vetoed that bill twice in the last two years. Um, but Schmidt says he wants to um, pass it, get it into law because he thinks it's fundamentally unfair to uh, children who are born or assigned uh, female Uh, at birth that uh, uh, children who are assigned male at birth could then participate uh, or compete against them in sports. Um, But uh, Kelly's a little, uh, uh, she, you know, vetoed that bill twice, but she's not outwardly saying that she's against that bill. She's a little kind of straddling the line there saying, you know, she doesn't think men should be playing in women's and girls sports, but she doesn't outright say that um, transgender girls should be in girls and women's sports. So it's a little of a straddling the line there, but they are different. She definitely doesn't support banning them outright. So I'm just wondering, you know, a very small percentage of people are transgender. I'm wondering why is this such a hot button issue? Uh, that's a good question. I, I know that if the law went into effect, it wouldn't uh, affect a lot of people, a lot of students. Um, but, you know, this is one of those things that uh, it's kind of the culture war uh, topics has come up nationwide. It's one of the, you know, uh, I think for Schmidt, he's been focusing on uh, education because, um, you know, Kelly has, you know, she's 
touting how education funding is, you know, legal in Kansas for the first time in like 10 years. And, um, you know, she, he can't really attack her for that. So he attacks her on COVID-19 for closing schools. He attacks her for curriculum things. Like, you know, a lot of people were talking about critical race theory not long ago. And uh, then there's also this where it's, um, you know, there there seems to be a discrepancy with how people view this issue um, while Kelly still is touting, you know, education funding. Uh, Schmidt's trying to focus on things outside of that. So what do these two candidates look like in the polls right now? Uh, well, the most recent polling, which was the KSN and the Hill poll that was conducted by Emerson College, uh, it shows Kelly with a 2% lead, um, but that is within the margin of error of 3%. So that's virtually a tied race at the moment. Yeah, For Kelly, she's kind of campaigning from some positions of strength, like her focus on the economy. I think um, that's been pretty good for her. I know uh, uh, the the polling also showed the economy is the biggest issue for Kansans uh, voters, that that's what they care about most. But that, uh, um, that also leaves room for Schmidt to attack her on because he's often tried to connect her to um, the Biden administration and the uh, kind of national economy that's been dealing with this rising inflation rate for uh, quite a while. Um, so they're both kind of looking at the economy on two separate sides and trying to say they're the they're the candidate who's going to fix the economy or is fixing the economy, even though, um, you know, it, it depends on how you look at it or what uh, voters um, what they care about most is. Is it the Kansas economy or the national economy and how those two things um, jive? Are there any other debates coming up before the election or any other opportunities where voters can hear from these two candidates? Well, I know uh, the Kansas uh, Republican Party is on a statewide tour right now. They're going to have several um, stops throughout this uh, uh, state this week and leading up to this weekend um, where they're, you know, they're not just stumping for uh, Schmidt. They're also um, all the other Republican candidates like Kobach for attorney general, um, uh, Amanda Atkins for uh, the third congressional district in um, the Kansas City area. So uh, that's going to be a lot of that. But I think that was the last debate where Schmidt and Kelly will face head to head. That was political reporter Dylan Lyson of the Kansas News Service. You can read his story about the debate at KCUR.org. A women's soccer stadium just north of downtown Kansas City broke ground yesterday. And this year's turnaround by the playoff-bound Kansas City Current ranks as one of the biggest reversals in Kansas City sports history. Greg Acklin reports for KCUR. Early in the season, it would have been fair to say the Kansas City Current were falling short of expectations on the soccer pitch until this moment in late May. Before that Memorial Day match at Children's Mercy Park, the team looked destined for a 2021 repeat when the Current finished last in the National Women's Soccer League. The current started the regular season with four losses and a tie. Instead, midfielder Lola Bonta scored the match's only goal in a breakthrough win over Racing Louisville FC. Kansas City goals the one in the third minute by number 10, Lola Bonta. Kansas City's first-year coach, Matt Potter, says he suspected that goal would lead to greater things. You would think it would have settled us a little bit, and it maybe didn't settle us. It may be like, kind of like, oh, hello, here we go. And off they went as the current started a streak of 13 unbeaten matches. They finished tied for third in the league with a 10-6-6 record. 
the best reversal in Kansas City since the Chiefs went from 2-14 and in 2012 to 11-5 and the next season. Labonta says the turnaround is a result of a new attacking mentality. Having that mentality, not just, you know, when we lose the ball to get back, everybody running back, but same thing when the ball goes forward, everybody's got to run and get up there too, so absolutely that is accurate. The current's newfound success coincides with the opening of a sparkling new practice facility. They hope to ride that wave all the way to 2024. That's when the new 11,000-seat stadium at Berkeley Riverfront Park is slated to open. It's a far cry from where professional women's soccer was five years ago when a previous club called FC Kansas City dissolved. Kansas City current co-founders, husband and wife Chris and Angie Long, made sure the return of women's professional soccer last year would be different. They have big visions for Kansas City. Chris Long says people from all over will be in town for the groundbreaking. We want to shine a light huge on just another one of these magical milestones in Kansas City's history. While The Current have taken those big steps forward, their connection to young players in the city is a work in progress. Mary Mendoza, a Turner High School student who plays for a club team in Kansas City, Kansas, hasn't made it to a current home game, but... I do follow him on Instagram, and I think that they inspire a lot of other girls, like me, who play soccer. You're good. Head up on the turn, ladies. Head up on the turn. Bree Brandenburg, the assistant coach of the club called KCK United, says it's more common for the girls to follow international men's teams. Brandenburg, though, was inspired by the likes of Brandy Chastain and the U.S. team that won the 1999 Women's World Cup. Chastain will take it. Go! And that was like, those were like my heroes. So it's very interesting to learn from them what, you know, what they see from international players. From the Currents Community Relations Department, Ben Aiken says the team has been out and about but concedes there's still work to be done to connect with more youth clubs like Mary Mendoza's. Oh, definitely. You know, it's going to take time. Given this turnabout season, that need won't go away soon. The deeper this Kansas City team goes in the playoffs, the more visibility they'll create. The current will open the playoffs on the road to face the Houston Dash on October 16th. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Greg Eckler. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of the Kansas governor election and the new women's soccer stadium, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Kansas City Today keeps our communities informed. So does KCUR's daily news email, The Early Bird. It delivers the top headlines of the day right to your inbox every weekday at 6 a.m. You can subscribe at kcur.org slash early bird. Mm-hmm.